peace of our Lord be with you. Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, I am asking on behalf of those you have given me that you will protect them so that they may be one as we are one. Every three years, the lectionary places in the path of the church throughout the world those words from this morning's gospel lesson. And every time they roll back around, Jesus is still waiting for Jesus' prayer, for Jesus' people to be one, to be answered. If to be one means to be united to and in harmony with one another, then Jesus' people have rarely been one. In fact, we were not exactly one even in the New Testament. Remember that rift in Rome over whether or not we should eat meat? And the conflict in Corinth over speaking in tongues? Not to mention those bruising disputations which tarnished Paul's relations with his once harmonious Galatians. And those dust-ups were only warm-ups for bigger battles yet to come. Take, for example, the Council of Nicaea in the year 325, where a room full of bishops had to choose up sides behind either Athanasius or Arius. Athanasius insisting that Jesus was the same as God, Arius contending that Jesus was the Son of God. A conflict so fierce and public that the Emperor Constantine convened a council of bishops at Nicaea to settle the matter once and for all. Athanasius bringing 80-something Bible verses in support of his view that Jesus was the same as God, and Arius armed with more than 120 verses in support of his view that Jesus was the Son of God, but not the same as God. These verses versus those verses, bishops taking sides and hurling charges of heresy back and forth across the room until, in the end, Athanasius won because while Arius had the most verses, Athanasius had the most votes. And then, in the 5th century, came the next great Christian conflict. 
This one over the question of what constitutes a valid and proper ordination and baptism. Known in church history as the Donatist controversy, this debate actually escalated to the level of violence and bloodshed as marauding bands of Christians attacked the churches of those who did not share their views. A crisis which was so violent that it prompted Augustine to develop what we now know as the just war theory. An effort on Augustine's part to give otherwise peace-loving Christians the theological permission they needed to take up arms against their Christian brothers and sisters who were physically attacking them. It went on for centuries, and I could go on for centuries, but you get the point. Division among Christians is not a recent development, but rather a perpetual condition. Jesus' prayer for Jesus' people to all be one, notwithstanding. I cannot speak for you, but as for me, while I don't spend a lot of time thinking about the council at Nicaea or the Donatist controversy, I do spend a lot of my life thinking about the deep divisions among Christians. On the one hand, our many divisions and denominations, to some extent, probably do bear witness to our failure to achieve the oneness for which Jesus prayed in this morning's gospel lesson. And yet, on the other hand, what are we to do with real differences? Not differences of style and practice, but of conviction and belief. Differences of style and practice are not dividing lines among Christians. To the contrary, differences of style and practice give the church the beautiful gift of true diversity. For example, in my four years away from you, 2003 to 2007. My ministry on the streets of our city included a weekly worship service at the now demolished Maple Street housing project where Maple Street intersects fortification. We met at three o'clock every Sunday afternoon in an abandoned apartment furnished with 20 metal chairs and two mostly missing windows. We sang and prayed and preached, and though it could not have been more different from this beautiful space and liturgical pace, 
I experienced the presence of God as powerfully there as I do here. Or take that Pentecostal Catholic church in the mountains of Honduras. Yes, I did say Pentecostal Catholic church where Victor Smith got me lined up to preach one night. There was a young man, a teenager named Heidel, who suffered from so many, so many challenges. And during the day, walking the dirt streets and roads of the village, he was the butt of every bully's meanness. But at night, in the safety of the church, he came alive. And Heidel would get up and dance, not a planned, scripted, liturgical dance, but a spontaneous dancing in the spirit. He would come to the center, and he would dance in the spirit, his shirt dripping with drool, but his life filled with joy. It was just the most powerful expression of the church as safe place that one could ever hope to see. And uh, todo de personas en esta congregación uh, habla español solamente, and mi español es muy pequeño and muy mal, as you can tell. <laughs> And, and we went back and forth from Inglés to Espanol, and it was a Pentecostal Catholic church, and in one moment I was thinking to myself, I hope the Pope knows about this, and in the next moment I was thinking to myself, I hope the Pope never hears about this. <laughs> and it was even more different from this space and this place. But in both of those spaces, and in both of those places, we were one. And the reason we were one is because there were people in both places, as there are in this place, who honestly believed that the thing that matters most is what Jesus said matters most. That we love God with all that is in us and that we love others as we love ourselves. Which in my experience is the one place where the oneness for which Jesus prayed in this morning's gospel lesson is always found. People who are content to let matter most. What Jesus said matters most. Are bound to one another. Because when we let matter most, what Jesus said matters most, which is loving God with all that is in us and loving other people the way we love ourselves, 
We do become what Jesus prayed for Jesus' people to become. We, we become one because loving God with all that is in us and loving others as we love ourselves eventually comes to determine everything else. Our ethics, our moral compass, the judgments we make, the grace we give, the welcome we have for all people, especially those who are different from us, and most especially all of those who happen to have been born on the difficult side of human difference, unlike those of us who were born on the privileged and powerful side of human difference. Those who are content to just let what Jesus said matters most, matter most. Loving God with all that is in us and loving others as we love ourselves do become one. That doesn't suggest that loving God with all that is in us and loving others as we love ourselves makes life simple or easy. To the contrary, as Stanley Hirewas once said, to be a Christian is to be called to live a life of love, but that calling is a lifelong task which requires our willingness to be surprised by what love turns out to mean. So please don't hear me suggesting that this is simple or easy. But do hear me suggesting that this is where the joy is. And this is where the life is. And this is where the oneness is. For which Jesus prayed. When Jesus prayed his prayer for his people. Amen.